Praise the Lord. Well, are you blessed today? Blessed. Okay. There. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Here's what we're going to do. Um, have you turned maybe to the 17th chapter of Luke this morning? And uh, we're just going to follow God in the service. Yeah, I, I hope you came with some expectation this morning that, uh, that you'd receive. Yes. Amen. Yes. That Amen. you'd leave here different than you came. Amen. You know, uh, again, as it's already been said, if you, if you walk by sight, you see, well, there's just a handful of people here. It might look like nothing's happening. I want you to know that your life can be totally changed by what goes on in this place every single time we minister. I mean, it's that significant. It's, it's so significant we get here early to do it. We'll set, we'll set up all this stuff, and uh, we'll, we'll pay to rent the room, and if enough doesn't come in, we'll, we'll, grab, we'll get it from somewhere and just pay it anyhow. And we always have for all these years. We've never not made that payment to, to meet here. And so uh, what happens here is significant. Amen. Not because we're here, but because God's here. When we meet together, He's here to minister. And, uh, and then it is significant to have people that have walked with God for a long time. And uh, I mean, we have years and years and years and years of experience in the things of God. We know what works. I said, we know what works. And uh, there's, there's certain ways that we live. There's certain things that we do because they are in agreement and in, uh, if I could say it this way, they cooperate with the ways of God. And we find this, that if you will cooperate with the ways of God, you can have the things of God. The <laughs> Bible says over in James chapter 1, every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above from the Father of lights. And it says, with whom is no variableness, no shadow of turning, meaning that God who never changes is a good giver yes. and a big giver yes. all, the time. all the time. And see, but, it, but the fact that he's a giver doesn't mean that you and I will experience what he desires for us. Right? 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 Mm-hmm. You could mail a Christmas gift to somebody and, and you know, thank God for the post office. <laughs> but there's not a, there's not a 100% guarantee it's going to get there. Nope. Not, and if it doesn't get there, you gave it, but are they enjoying it? No, Well, most of the time it does get that's the That's the goal, right? 100% <laughs> is the goal. But I can just tell you from experience, <laughs> <It doesn't always laughs> we have sent whole cases of books places. Mm-hmm. And uh, we sent, the, this church ordered, uh, I think, a case or two. I'm ta- not, not copies, case. Cases. cases of books. That's talking about like, you know, $1,000 worth of books or something like that. And we sent them to one place, and uh, they, kept, they kept contacting us and said, well, it's not here. It's not here. And we go to the post office, and they say, we don't know anything. We don't, I'm like, I know you don't know anything. That's obvious. <laughs> and they just couldn't get it to us. Get, never got there. And uh, after several weeks, we got a phone call from a school system. And I'm not talking about down the street in the same town. I'm talking about across the state, probably 250 miles across the state, saying, you know, we have a couple cases of books. That's your name. And and it has you as the author. Um, (laughs) What do you want us to do with these? It was a public school. And I said, well, if you'll 
if you'll uh, give them to the kids to read, you can keep them. And they said, no, we don't want, to, we don't want these here. Because, you know, it wasn't, about, it wasn't about math or English. So, no, we don't want these here. So, they, uh, anyhow, my point was, so I, t- I told them where to send them and, and got there. But uh, my point is, God can have things for you in your life that you don't necessarily get, that you don't necessarily experience. But that doesn't have to be the case. It can be the case, and it should be the case that everything he has for you, you experience in this life. Now, there's opposition to that happening. Because, you know, you could ask, well, why is it the case that I don't have, I'm not experiencing everything he has for me? Well, there's opposition, and the opposition is, is more than in one area. The one, one opposition is we have a God who's a big God, and we have a devil who's not nearly as big as God, but there is a, a being, an entity called Satan, and he's got angels and forces, and he's able to influence in this earth right. to try to keep what belongs to you from coming into your life. Amen. But we, if we'll follow God... We have victory all the time available to us over that opposition. The enemy can delay some things. He can hinder some things. But ultimately, he cannot keep God's word from coming to pass if you'll do your part. Well, that's one part. That's one area of opposition. The second area of opposition is is really just your natural life, your your mind. Mm -hmm. And to the degree that your thinking is not in alignment with the word of God, you're not going to experience the things of God. Right. So, so I said all that to say that the Christian life is much different than what a lot of people think. Right. The Christian life, from the time you say yes to Jesus, from the time you receive Christ, the Christian life is all about one thing, change. Yes. Change. change. I, I'm not talking about change for a five or change for a 20. No. I'm not talking about changing your clothes. I'm talking about your life changing, meaning the way you used to do things becomes the way you do them no more. Uh, I didn't say that correctly, but work with me here today. You don't do things the way you used to do. And so uh, the patterns, the patterns that you might have, and this is why it's really, it's so wonderful. We we like to be able to minister to people who are earlier on, and we like minister to everybody but especially the ones who are earlier on in life because they have less bad patterns to unlearn. And, of course, you know, listen, it doesn't matter. You can be 80 and come to Christ and everything change for you. But I'm just saying that there are things that need to change in our life all the time. The way who who you are can look completely different next year than this year. I'm not talking about how, how you look physically necessarily, no. although the things of God affect you physically. Amen. I'm talking about who, who, just what your whole life is. Right. So we're, uh, Peter tells us in the book of 2 Peter, 3rd chapter, 8th verse, to grow in grace mm-hmm. and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, anything that's growing is changing. Yes. Yes. Hmm? Yes. If you've got a three-year-old and then the next time you see that three-year-old, they're seven... So the, how many years was that, college students? Four years, right? <laughs> you, you got, <laughs> you, they were three, now they're seven, so you haven't seen them for four years? Well, 
if they're not different at seven than they were at three, that means they weren't growing, they weren't changing. And we understand that is wrong. Something is wrong. A seven-year-old and a three-year-old, uh, that seven-year-old ought to act completely different than they did when they were three. That seven-year-old ought to look a whole lot different than they were when they were three. They ought to be doing different things. They ought to be more advanced in some things than they were at three. And so as a Christian, the same thing is true. You've been, if you've received Jesus, you've been what the Bible calls born again. You've been saved. And, and you are to change from glory to glory into the image of Christ. So it's, it's day after day, month after month, year after year, it's a progression of change. Mm -hmm. And how long it takes for you to change and conform. Now, you, now that's, not a, that's not a popular word, is it, in our society, huh? No. Uh, come on now, at school, does, does everybody love the word conform or do they hate the word? Hate no, we hate conformity. We, we, we like individuality. You want to be an individual conformed to be like Jesus, and there will be very few people like you. There's no, there's no, you know, everybody thinks dyeing their hair ultra black instead of regular black. Dyeing their hair super black. Well, see, this is, this is, my, this is my statement that I'm not conforming. No, there's, a, there's about a million people on earth who have done the same thing as you to try to not conform. And what are you all? Just like each other. No, be like Jesus and you'll be like almost nobody else. We're to conform to the image of Christ. Well, how do you conform without changing? You can't. You can't. The Christian life is all about change. It's all about growth. And next year, things ought to be different than this year. You ought to be acting more like Christ this year. You ought to be doing things more like Christ. You ought to, really, did you know that you and I ought to be doing the same things that Jesus did when he was on the earth? Did you know that? Now, a lot of, a lot of Christianity, a lot of churches uh, don't, seem to, don't seem to agree with that statement. They, they teach differently. They teach that there's no one that can do what only he can do. No, there's only one sense in which no one can do what he can do. No one could pay the price of redemption like he could because he was sinless. But in terms of his ministry on earth, we're, not only can we do what he did, Jesus said, those who believe on me, the works that I do, shall they do also. That's John 14, 12. And greater works than these shall they do, because I go to my Father. So he said, because I'm leaving, this, this whole thing that I've gotten started ought to be greater, yes. because I'm going. Well, how could it be? He said, well, if I, if I go, then I'll send another one, yes. the Holy Spirit, yeah. the Comforter. And so and now, instead of Jesus being one person on earth, where you'd have to go to him to get results, mm -hmm. now everyone on earth can have God inside them doing the same works that he did. Everyone who, who will receive him, cooperate with him, and grow and change to the degree yeah, yeah. that you're like him. Right. Right. Now, can you say amen? amen. Yes. Do you believe that? Yes. It's true. 
So how, how do you go? What's, a, uh, what's an indicator of growth? Now, let's go back to our three-year-old mm -hmm. and then our seven-year-old. Mm -hmm. What's, uh, if you see them, how do you, do you, let me ask you this, do you relate differently to a three-year-old than you would to a seven-year-old? And, and in what way do you relate differently? In what way? The way, thank you, the way you talk to them and the way they, and then you want to see the way they talk to you. Mm -hmm. And if at three years old, they were just saying, you know, <laughs> three years old, they say a little bit, you know, they can say some things. Mm -hmm. My son was kind of unusual. He was reading at three pretty fluently mm -hmm. encyclopedias. Yeah. Well. <laughs> He's a weirdo. <laughs> and, he, and not only that, he had such recall that he really still knows most of it today <laughs> and uh but then there's other ways where we're trying to help them along you understand <laughs> and that's isn't that the case with all of us yes amen. <laughs> amen. uh point point i was trying to make is uh, a three-year-old's going to talk at a certain level but a seven years old there's a lot more they know sure. there's a lot more sure. they know and so what comes out of their mouth is different yes yeah the more mature they are okay. and then a 40 year old Come on. ought to be different than a seven year old now, so you, you meet some, and, and they're not. They're not. <laughs> they're not. You meet some. Many, many, listen, many adults never learned kindergarten stuff. Right. They never learned to stand in line. Right. They never learned follow the, follow the leader. They never learned that. Never learned that. Never learned that. Uh, adults. Because sure as you tell them to do one thing, they're going to do the other thing. Uh -huh. Well, I'll do it my way. I'll do it. I don't like that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they'll complain and whine, just like a little five-year-old would complain and whine. And the problem is, when they were five, no one ever told them, stop that. Well, no one worked with them that, that, no, this is, not how this, this is not how this works in this house. We don't whine. We don't gripe and complain. We put on our happy face. Yep. <laughs> and we do our happy dance. Yeah. Yep. Amen. Amen. And so now folk are older. And they're still, come on, how many ever met any adults that, that they still, and they, they have to go out every, they have to go out every 30, 45 minutes for their pacifier, get something in them, to, some nicotine in them to calm them down. You say you're making fun of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Or they got to have their cocktail, whatever it is. They have to have their pacifier. And really, some of the habits of, of folk are no different than the habits of a toddler. Right, right. You know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It ought to be the case that we grow and mature. And for the Christian, for the Christian, we ought to become more and more like Christ. More and more like Christ. And, and what's sad is there's people who, the second they come to Christ, change more than others. You know, the first three weeks that they're saved, mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're more like Christ because they're so open to change right. than others who have been sitting in the, in the seats for decades. Right. 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 I don't want to change. I remember I preached when we pastored in New York. I preached a, a series of messages, just a couple, two or three on, on this subject of change. And there were some precious older ladies in the church and they lined up to get me after the service. I mean, I just dismissed people are mostly going out 
and here they come. Yep. And, and the one lady, I, I won't tell you her name, but we'll just call, we'll just make up a name, we'll call her Miss Ella. <laughs> <laughs> that was her name, but she's in heaven now, so I can pick on her. And she came and she had, she had backup. Yep. She had Miss Rosie. Uh -huh. We just call her Miss Rosie, <laughs> which was her name actually. And so uh, they came and she said, you know, some of us are set in our ways. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why I said it. I said, Doug, you mean like concrete? I said, they have machines that can break that up. <laughs> and then the other one said, well, you know, you can't teach an old dog, dog new, tricks. new tricks. I said, well, the Bible says you're a new creature, not an old dog. So they both, they both lost the argument, I guess. When I was respectful to them. I was always respectful. Miss Ella was, uh, she, she'd just speak her mind, would she not? You knew them both real well. She'd speak her mind. She came up and she said, you know something? You were one of the worst piano players I've ever heard. <laughs> and I said, thank you, Miss Ella. That's real encouraging. I, I'll keep practicing. I, I, she, she, that might be absolutely the truth. I'm not a pianist. That's what they call it in, in yeah. uh, legit yeah. circles, a pianist. pianist. I'm not one. I'm not one. I bang sometimes. <laughs> I can get around a little bit. Right. But so she wasn't wrong. But anyhow, change is our destiny. Yes. You're destined our to destiny. change. Yes. And I know we're in the flesh, we're creatures of habit. We like routine. And there is something good about routine. But really, <laughs> if you... Spiritually speaking, it's all about change. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So what changes about us? Same thing that changes from a three-year-old to seven-year-old. One of the biggest things is we talk different. Right. We speak different. Different things come out of our mouths. Yeah. And, yes. and, the, and, and really, one of the things we do that causes us to change is we acclimate to the environment of the things of God. Amen. We acclimate to the presence of God. And you understand that the change that we're talking about doesn't stop here on earth. But when you get to heaven, it's going to be radical change. Yeah. Yeah. Now, for some people, it's going to be so radical that it's going to be really a shock to their system. Right. Right. For other people, and really what it should be for all of us, is a very smooth transition. Yeah. You jump, out of, you jump out of this body and you go to a place where your inner man, what we call your inner man now, your soul and your spirit, where that is, uh, the atmosphere you go to is a place where that body, your spirit body, is sufficient for that place. Now we will be back on earth one day and we'll need a glorified body. It'll be your body resurrected, changed. Oh, but I don't like change. I don't like... like I less, listen, you're going to need that change because what's dead and decomposed is going to... You don't want it that way. No, no, no. No, no, no. no it's gonna, you're going to have a glorified, resurrected human body. But when you get to heaven, it ought to be what you're used to on earth, just amped up to the degree because you understand that we can experience certain things here on earth to a limited degree. Right. One thing we can experience, God's presence. Yes. Have you ever sensed the presence of God? Absolutely. 
Have you ever sensed it in different degrees? Have you sensed God's presence in a, in a slight fashion? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then in a strong fashion? Yeah. Think, about, think about what would be some of the strongest times uh, that you've sensed God. Really, it, what it should be, now, now you can sense God in your bedroom, you can sense God in your vehicle, you can experience His presence all the time, but some of the strongest times of sensing Him ought to be times of corporate gathering together because, uh, well, there's, there's some reasons for it, and I can't get into all of them right now, but one of the big reasons is everybody's bringing God with them when they come, because where does God live? In you in the person of the Holy Spirit. And, and there's things that we do corporately that cause God to manifest in stronger ways among us. Well, one of the things that would, uh, well, I think I'm, I'm, I'm saying a little bit of this and a little bit of that and not tying any of it together. I was talking about when you go to heaven, you step out of this body. It ought to be a very smooth transition. Meaning that the atmosphere and environment of heaven, the, the main feature of, in heaven is not the streets of gold. The main feature in heaven is the presence and glory of God in an unlimited measure. Where, whereas here on earth, we can only experience God in a limited measure. It can be strong. It can be not so strong. But there is still a limit because too much of God... Your, your flesh and blood and bone body can only handle a certain degree of God. The substance, you understand God's not imaginary. God's not a concept. God is real. God is a person. God is, there is substance to God. He's tangible. He's just not in the natural realm, but he can manifest in the natural realm. And that's how you experience him. It's tangible. You can all, listen, how, you understand electricity is also tangible. <laughs> yep. Right? Yep. How many can see electricity right now? No. Anybody can see it? How can you see it? See you see the effects of electricity. Right. You don't, you're not seeing the electricity. Right. You know, you're not seeing because electricity is invisible. Right. Right. Can you experience electricity in slight measures? Yeah, and you can handle that. You, even physically, you could, you could take a battery. You know, you, you ever do the lick the battery and you put it on your... You can, you can handle that. Yeah. But you can't do what I did when I was 13 years old. When I was 13 years old, I went to a music camp at a place called the Eastman School of Music, Rochester, New York. I later went to graduate school there, met a young lady there who fell in love with me, and, uh, and, and that's how I met my wife, but... But they, uh, we stayed in the dorms, college dorms. I'm 13. I was really too young to even be there. It was high school. But I was, you know, I guess they, I auditioned. They said, okay, good enough. You're going to be in high school. And so they let me in. And so I was young, not very mature, and we stayed to stay in the dormitories. Well, by the time she got there, they moved to the new dorms because the old dorms were condemned. They, they, were, they were done. I mean, it looked like the haunted mansion. It really did, except huge. And in the old dorms, they had an elevator, but it was an old-fashioned elevator that had the gate. You know, you ever seen the, the, the iron gate? And when the gate contacted 
you push the button, you get in, you push the button, you close the gate, and when the gate contacted the contact up there, metal, contacting metal, the elevator would move. You open the gate, and you could do it in between floors. We did it all the time. You open the gate, and the elevator would stop in mid-motion. Mid and there you are, in the, and we just thought it was great. Look at a brick wall. And, uh, but I wondered, of course, I said, well, what if we kept the door open and used something else to hit that contact? Am I, am I relating to anybody in here? I, I mean, most of you wouldn't do that, but this was me, and, and other people might do that. And so I decided, well, let me just see if I touch it. If I touch that contact, will, will we start moving? Well, something moved. It was me. I moved to the back of the elevator on the floor. Boom! Knocked me all the way across there. Why? You see, that's, that was a measure that... Ha, 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 ha. There's degrees and measures of God's glory and God's power and God's anointing that can be experienced by all in the body of Christ, all who will open their lives and open their heart and learn to flow with Him. That's what I said in other tongues there. That was the utterance of God. Amen. That was God man God's manifesting Himself here in the room today. Anyhow, glory to God. What we, what we were saying is, see, I, I could only handle so much of that power. You could only handle so much electricity. Well, what, so why? Because your body's just not made to withstand that much. That's why the wires are inside the wall. And the outlets, you know, they even have the little plastic covers to put in the outlets. So... Because, yeah, because I, I had a, you know, I, I was with some friends of mine one time, and they had a three, three-year-old, and she walked over with a fork, stuck it right in, boom, <laughs> the outlet. You know, she's okay. But uh, my, my point is, let's experience as much of God as we can in this body. And so... The, and so we ought, to, we ought to be walking around with so much of the presence of God, so much of the power of God, so much of the glory of God, that when we step out of this body into eternity, it's going to be a whole lot more, but it's not going to be all that unfamiliar because it's the same stuff. We can have the atmosphere of heaven down here on earth. But I'm telling you, it, it, to walk in that, and we walk in a degree of that and in a measure of that, and there's, and there's some weeks where we've walked in it Great, in a greater measure than other weeks. And I'll tell you this, looking back on our lives, you go back, take us back 20 years, what would 20 years be? 2009, no, 1999, right? Would that be 20 years ago from, from this year? You go back to 1999, we were serving God. We were walking with God. But I just, I just, I, I almost guarantee we're not, we weren't walking in a daily basis anywhere near the measure or degree of his presence and power that we walk in today. Which has meant we've had to change. Yes. We've had to grow. Mm -hmm. We've had to follow God. And in doing that, some of the old things of our life have had to drop off right. Right. to make room for more of God. I mean, I've had, for me in my life and, and in my ministry today, I didn't know this was going to be the case, but I, my whole life, one of the biggest things I did was, was be, I was a jazz saxophonist. And uh, for years and years and years, I mean, I'd be performing in all kinds of places and with all kinds of folk. I mean, I could mention names and you'd know the names of mm -hmm. famous people I got to back up and things like that. Mm -hmm. 
And I got here in a different phase of my ministry where God wanted, needed me to walk in a stronger measure of His glory. And I have not been able to do that anymore for the last several years. Unless He deals with me too. And then, believe it or not, when He does, in about 20 minutes, I can, be, I can sound pretty good. Again, in about 20 minutes, I can, but I can only last about 20 minutes. And that's the big difference. My endurance is gone. I'd, I'd have to build that back up. But, you know, I still remember how to do it, and I can still do it. But I don't do it unless he deals with me to do it. That has, see, that had to drop off. All those years of college I went, all those years of school I went to, all the experience, and I'm not even doing it. But see, all those, all those years, there's other things that I learned that I use all the time, yeah. every day. Yeah. Change, 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 change. Well, one of the biggest areas of change, like I said, is what comes out of your mouth. Yeah. Amen. And before we go, I know I've taken up most of our time just kind of going down this path. Because I tell you what, we don't want heaven to be a big transition for us. We want to be experiencing all of heaven that we can here on earth. And then we step in and say, oh, this is even better. Not, we don't want to be the kind of Christian that just goes along living life in the natural. The same, just uh, when I was 12, I lived the same as I do when I'm 20. And the same as I do when I'm 30. And this is my rut. And this is my routine. You know what a rut is in the ground? Well, you know, you get deep enough, it's not a rut, it's a grave. <laughs> if the ruts get deep enough, you can just drop right in, they can pull dirt on you. You're, you're, too close to be, you're too close to being in the grave when you're in a rut. Too close to being dead when you're in a rut. Amen. So, <clears throat> you're in a rut, you're in a, and then, then, well, I received Jesus somewhere along the way. Yeah, no big deal. That, that's a problem. That's a problem. Changes, changes everything. And you step over into, your heaven, into heaven, you're like, uh, uh, what's this? What's this? This is weird. That's why when some folk come to the church and we're, we're actually praising out loud, I think that's weird. I don't want to do that. So let's talk about just one area. Go to the 30. What did I tell you to turn? Forget that. Go to Psalm 34. We'll just look at this one verse and we'll be dismissed here in a moment. Father, we thank you. You're so good. So good, so good, so good. Psalm 34, and the first verse, you can go ahead and put that up there and we'll read it in this translation. It says, I will bless the Lord on the on the one Sunday a month that I come no. to church. No. I will bless the Lord monthly. No. No. Hmm? Uh, well, I come twice a month. I'll bless the Lord bi-monthly when I come. You understand that the Bible instructs us that the, the, the more you see the day of His return approaching, that you are to gather together more and more. We ought to be having church more and more and more, not just once a week. And there's times, I'm telling you, before Jesus returns, there's times where we'll be just meeting six days a week. Or maybe seven, but we've got to take a break in there somewhere, you know what I mean? Have somebody else do the services. All the time. Not because we feel like we have to, but because nothing else is holding our attention. Nothing else compares to the presence of God. Nothing else compares to the glory of God. 
So, no, we're to bless the Lord at all times, all the time. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. In your mouth. Here's, here's just an area to gauge where you are in your growth. How much of God's praise is in your mouth? I don't mean in your mouth waiting to be released. I mean actually coming out of your mouth. And you hear a lot of people say this, well, you know, I, I, I love God in my heart. Not what the Bible says, not what the Bible says, and that's a lie. I said that's a lie. If somebody says, well, I just worship God in my heart, no, you don't, you're lying. You, you, might, you might think you do, but you don't, because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you really were worshiping God in your heart, how would we tell? It would be flowing out of your mouth. And so this is just one area. This is just one area uh, where next year yep. you ought to be more of a praiser yes. Yes. than you are this year. Hallelujah. Amen. But here's the thing. This year you ought to be more of a praiser than you were last year. And, and I'm just going to look down the center aisle and say, if some of y'all, I can't, I, I, if you are more of a praiser this year than you were last year, I'm talking to you guys in the back, imaginary people that are, so I don't preach to anybody else here, but if some of you are, if you're, if you're in better shape this year than last year, I hate to see where you were last year. <laughs> because Christians will, t will let everything else come out of their mouth, but God's praise. And what are you going to do when you get to, you know, I'll praise the Lord if they make me. Mm. Well, I just praise the Lord quietly. We were going to read over in Luke 17 about the 10 lepers who, when they, lepers, they were sick. They saw Jesus said they, they raised their voice. These are people that weren't even born again. They got loud. Yes. And then one, when he, then Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priests. And, and then they were all cleansed as they went from leprosy, incurable. And the one, when he saw he was cleansed, he, he said, I, I got to go back. I know he told us to go to the priest, but I got to go back. Yeah. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and gave him worship and thanks over and over and over and over and over. Do you want to see what that worship accomplished? Yes. Take us over to Luke 17. I, I said we just read this scripture and then go, but uh, it's always it's all subject to change. Luke 17, first verse. Well, no, not the first verse. What am I starting? Eleven. Where's the ten lepers? Yeah, eleven. That's what I meant. Actually, I didn't. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem, Jesus, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. They lifted up their voices. They said, Jesus, Master, have mercy. They lifted up their voices. They actually got loud. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. Jesus, mm -hmm. have mercy on us. 
And when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. What's it mean to be cleansed from, lep from a disease? You, cleansed means the progression of the disease stopped. Right? And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with, and in his heart, what's it say? Huh? Look up on the screen if you don't have it. In his heart, he was thankful. He felt thanks. He felt gratitude. He was so grateful in his heart. No. With a loud, with a loud, actually got loud. Actually lifted up his voice. With a loud voice, glorified God. What's that sound like? Somebody do it for me. Glory. Do it for me. What's the sound? A loud voice, glorified God. Hallelujah. Oh! Hey, amen. What's it sound like? And you're, just make sure we're on the same page. What's your opinion? What's, what would that sound like? A loud voice, glorified God. Praise God. Oh! Yeah. Praise God. Wow! Hallelujah. What's it sound like? To, loud voice, glorified God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Wow, is that, is that normal to you or is that disturbing to you? Come on. Is hearing it disturbing? Does it rattle you? <gasps> Shouldn't be shouting in church like that. People have the weirdest ideas of church. I, I know a minister that when he, he had two brothers and when he was growing up and they they went to a particular denominational church that didn't even preach. The same church my wife went to growing up. Didn't even preach the gospel. And, uh, you know, the, he and his brothers were goofing around. And they got out of the car and the dad said, Boys, wipe those smiles off your faces. We're going to church. <laughs> that was their... Don't, you're not even supposed to be happy. No, don't smile. Church isn't fun. No, church is supposed to be fun... And there's time, listen, not loud for the sake of being loud, but there's times that it's right it's to right. get it loud. When, when, it, when the song that you're singing ends, when the, when the praise and the worship ends, mm -hmm. there ought not to be stunned silence in the room. Come on. Amen. Amen. That's right. That song is just a vehicle to help you get primed. Yes. yes. You know what I mean? Prime the pump. They have to prime an engine sometimes. That means you're putting gas in yourself. Putting some, we're just putting some fuel in you right. to stir up your own praise. Right. And by the end of the song, that ought to be going. Yep. That Amen. ought to be going. Amen. And I say this all the time. The job of the worship leader is not to get you to worship. It's to get you to stop when it's time to move on to something else. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Different concept. Yeah. But, but what is Christianity all about? Thinking different. Yes. Thinking different. So... One, one of them, they're cleansed. What happened? The disease stopped. Right. Their leprosy stopped. Right. He, glor he glorified God, fell down on his face. For a leper to fall down on your face? <laughs> you know what I mean? Fell down, face down, at his feet, Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. The Amplified Bible says giving him thanks over and over and over again. Wow. And he was a Samaritan. He was... He, he, this didn't even belong to him. He was right. an outsider. Right. Now go to the next verse. Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Where's the other one? Where's the others? 
there are not found that return to give glory to God save this stranger. I don't know if maybe the rest of them were Jews. Maybe the rest of the ten, the other nine, because he called this one the stranger. Right. Meaning, stranger meaning that he was outside of, of, you know, not one that Jesus came for at that time. There's not, there's not only this one. So all, all ten should have gotten loud. Yes. All ten should have come. Listen, I'm going to know if you've got 10 people gathered for worship, there ought not just be one praiser. Amen. It, ought to, it ought to be all of them. Oh. And now, now I, I want you to see what difference it made that he gave God praise. Jesus said to him, arise, go your way, your faith. What, what, what do you mean your faith? How, how did Jesus know that that man had faith? Well, Jesus saw his faith and heard his praise. He, heard his, he saw his faith in the sense that he, the man was praising God for what had happened. And he said, your faith has made you whole. Jesus pronounced him whole. But wait a second. Why did he pronounce him whole? Didn't, he, didn't the man just get cleansed along with the other nine right. Right. think about what he was suffering from leprosy you know what leprosy was old testament acne well, worse than that. No, it was worse than that you're supposed to laugh at that old testament <laughs> acne that's what they call it uh-huh. <laughs> leprosy parts of your body would fall off yeah. you could you could be you could be scratching something and tip of your finger fall off your body would rot. Right. You'd lose feeling. And right. you wouldn't even know that you lost a toe right. Right. during the course of the day. You, you look like it was Halloween every day. Yeah. Yeah. Chunks, chunks and pieces out. Disgusting. Yeah. They were all cleansed. The, the disease stopped progressing in them. Mm-hmm. The disease ceased to be when they were cleansed. Right. The one who turned back lifted up their voice, gave God praise, gave God glory. Jesus at that point said, your faith has made you not just cleansed, but whole. What's the difference between being cleansed and being whole? When you are whole, what's missing has been restored. What's been taken has been put back. That's whole. Uh, whole means there's no evidence right. that there was ever a disease. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Right. Now, for a leper to have no evidence of ever having had leprosy, stuff had to grow back. Yep. Stuff had to come back. And what caused somebody to go from the place of, well, thank God I don't have the disease anymore, but you're still limping along on the crutch with one of your legs missing. Right. What caused them to go from that the wholeness, the one that came back and lifted his voice and wasn't afraid to give praise to God, wasn't afraid to get loud, not care who's there, not care how do I sound. No, listen, if you do it all day, if you bless the Lord at all times, if his praise is continually in your mouth, you're not self-conscious about how you sound. You know how you sound. You do it all day long. Hallelujah. These are just some thoughts. 
It's just some things for you because I, it, it's important that we be better praisers next week yes. than we were this week. Yes. And, it's, 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 and the way you do that is to not just decide, okay, next Sunday I'm going to be more of a praiser than I was this Sunday. No, no, no. Bless the Lord at all times. So this afternoon, if you're watching, you know, whatever you're doing, if you're watching TV or watching sports or whatever, turn the volume down. You can still watch it. But sit there and praise God. While, have, don't give all of yourself to what's on TV. Right. You know what I mean? Keep in fellowship with God all the time. And you might say, well, that's hard to do with what I watch. Change what you watch. If God can't watch what you're watching, don't watch it. If you can't take God into Theater 7 or Theater 2, then don't go into Theater 7. Or go to theater to go watch Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I, I mean, I haven't seen it, but I'm pretty sure you could take God yeah, into sure Ro Mr. Rogers. You know what I'm talking about? Stand up with us, everybody. Oh, praise him. Let's everybody lift up your voice and praise God for a second. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're the God that makes whole. That you restore to us so that there's no evidence of the enemy's work in our lives. Glory, 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 glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Oh, we praise you, we praise you, we praise you. We're not ashamed to lift our hands. We're not ashamed to lift our voice. We're not ashamed of the Spirit of God. Thank you, Father. Oh, we praise you, praise you, praise you. Glory to God. Does something in you feel right when you start doing that? Amen. Amen. Make it your habit. If you're supposed to do it at all times, then it's okay to have that as a habit. Meaning you go to that all the time. Instead of cussing somebody out, you say, well, glory to God. Praise God. He's bigger. He's greater. All righty, I could get preaching again. So I'm going to let you go. Y'all uh, be back here next week. Maybe some other folk will come back next week. How often should we be in church? Every time the opportunity is given, we come all the time. All the time. Amen. Amen. Because, amen. Yep. You're dismissed.